Care to give it a go? Coming in, Mr. Brave Young Lad? Uh, maybe another time. Suit yourself. I'll be here. I'm always here. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew. And today we have a special guest in the studio. This is Kevin. Hey guys, really excited to be here. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Um... So today, it's going to be a Versus episode. It is. Um, we're doing two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Tale of Laughing in the Dark. And the Tale of the Crimson Clan. Two classics, without a doubt. Um, just I, just throwing this out there now. Uh, the, the ratings on IMDb. I don't know if you looked them up. I didn't. I, I actually did. Yeah. They're neck and neck. Neck and neck. So yeah. it, it it should be an implication of how close this thing is. Uh, Laughing in the Dark has a 9.1 and Ooh. Crimson Clown has a 9. So both <laughs> Those are both higher than I... Anti- not that I think they're wrong, but yeah. higher than I anticipated. Actually, both. overall, they, they've all been pretty highly rated. I think the highest I saw in there was a 9.4. Wow. And, you Do you know the episode? I, I don't recall that episode. Um, okay. But they were That's all pretty good, though. Most yeah. of them were in the high eights yeah. for the, the nines, which yeah. is impressive. Yeah. And these are two clown episodes, so um, yeah, we felt they know. were comparable in some yeah. way, uh, having the cl- having the clowns. Um, there's Ghastly Grinner, but we felt these two kind of matched up more. Um, it's pretty in tone. similar in some yeah. ways. Yeah. So very so, exciting. Yeah, Joe has laughing in the dark. I do. And I will be defending Crimson Clown, and Kevin will uh, make the <laughs> De- final judgment. Defending, huh? You watched them this week? I, I did. And I, uh, how did you feel revisiting? It, it was interesting. Um, you know, one of them really kind of stuck out from my childhood. You know, laughing in the dark just mm-hmm. kind of really stuck out to me. But uh, rewatching them, you know, recently was really, really interesting. And. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, t- I'll talk more about my uh, my opinion on the episodes <laughs> later. But uh, playing it close to the chest, <laughs> yeah, I respect that. Uh, if you want to watch the episodes, you can. Um, you can rent them for like two dollars off Amazon. Um, They're on DVD. They're yeah, you can buy the DVDs pretty cheap. Um, mm-hmm. The DVDs are out there, and also I think you can watch them for free online on like Daily Motion things like that. Mm. So. They're out there if you want to uh, watch before we spoil the heck out of these. (laughs) So, um, I guess I'll start. Um, We have a number of categories that we considered. Um, Do you want to go over them now or do you want to just hit them? Yeah, we're going to talk about story. Uh, We're going to talk about the Midnight Society segments. Uh, We're going to talk about the main kid in each episode, the secondary characters... Um, we're going to talk about the effects in the in the show. Um, we're going to talk about the clown, overall scariness. Um, anything I'm leaving off? I think that covers it. All right. Well, then yeah. it is time. So, for the oh yeah. Yes, do you want to start with concessions? Let's start with concessions. Okay. So, uh, this was tough, because I think this episode <laughs> was pretty strong all around, um, but ultimately, I'm going to concede the secondary characters. Um, I like the ones in The Crimson Clown a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially the shop owner. Very creepy and memorable. Yeah, he he's really funny. Can I help you? But but creepy for no reason. Yeah, uh, I'm not even sure. He doesn't even seem aware of the Crimson Clown. He's just no. Yeah, weird. yeah. I don't think I didn't get the impression he has any idea that any of this right. is going on. Yeah, just, um, just, yeah it's uh, just a weird one. I just want to play a little clip from him here. Is there a problem? Um, 
Well, my money's gone. Sorry, come back when you got the money. <laughs> Did you like that one, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> um, but besides that, I thought uh, the mom and um, the brother, uh, Mike, um, yeah. were both... I mean, they were good. They were not, like, anything... To write home about it, right? <laughs> Mom, Mom was kind of annoying. I didn't feel like they overacted or anything. I thought they were they moved the story along fine. I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't have any complaints. Yeah, they just yeah. yeah. I did get worried there for a second with that shop owner because he's so quirky and. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I don't think he holds up to. To who <laughs> I'm working with, you know, you guys would know him as Doctor Vink. We don't really know what to call him here. He's a carnage. Excuse me, lad. Don't believe in old Zebo, eh? Who are you? I run this place, I do. And he's in there, all right. Just waiting. Pick the right door and you go free. Pick the wrong door. And there he'll be. Potentially Zebo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zebo's right. ghost. And do you think he's Dr. Vink? I mean... No, 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 I don't. Oh, okay. But, of course, if you're watching the episode, you go, oh, there's Dr. Yeah, Vink. Yeah. But in this... I think I read it. This is the only episode where he isn't... He's in yeah. the episode, but not called... He doesn't ever say his name. Yeah. Um, he's great, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think he's, like, a slightly better version of the guy in Crimson <laughs> Clown, so it made it yeah. easy. All right, so secondary characters is conceded. We're not going to go much further into those. Um, for my category that I am conceding, I am conceding effects. Yeah. Um, <laughs> both both shows Twice. utilize practical effects, um, meaning there's no there's there's nothing uh, computer like, generated or anything like that. But uh, I would say that some of the crimson clown imagery, particularly the hand stretching yeah. out of the television, <laughs> is great. Is really effective. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> yeah, the ribbons that yeah. kind of just wrap up Sam. Um, those were really cool. So I, I mean, I think there was really good stuff. Not really good, but there was some good practical stuff. The haunted house I thought was really cool looking in Laughing in the Dark, which I'll talk more about. But um, I think I, I did. I do like the feel of Laughing in the Dark a lot. The whole atmosphere of it mm -hmm. um, throughout the episode. I don't know. I think it l worked a little bit better than the Crimson Clown. Yeah, maybe I think, because and there's not a category for it. But I think a big part of what makes Laughing in the Dark work is the music's really, really effective. There's yeah. always that carnival kind of music going on beneath everything, and it's really unsettling. And I think it sets. It, they play it throughout the whole episode, so I think it sets the tone. Whereas. Crimson Clown used um, more kind of stock yeah. type type music. And, um, again, the Laughing in the Dark took place a lot outside, which yeah. was just nice. It's always yeah. nice. I didn't think about that, but that's uh, a great point for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Feeling good, Kevin? Yeah, feeling great, guys. <laughs> I'm out of here. So, I guess we'll talk about the campfire or the uh, midnight society right you know what's going on with them um in the crimson clown uh tucker found gary like a secret poem that gary wrote and he's like lording it over him making gary be his uh but or like slave <laughs> or whatever. whoa big fella whoa <laughs> what are you doing gary's my servant for a week down boy why I need a deal. Don't ask. I found a poem he wrote. Tucker? A poem? I promised not to show it to anybody if he'd be my servant for a week. Enough, you little spud. One more word and the deal's off. No sweat. Hurry up and tell your story. This, you know, it was... I, <laughs> I think it set up the episode exactly. I mean, this is what the story ends up being about. Um, yeah, frames the moral of yeah, the story. Yeah. Um, Tucker being it's a butthole. Some, it's, yeah, <laughs> it, I guess it's good characterization of Tucker and Gary. Or yeah. a little, you know, you get a little bit of yeah. them. Um, I I guess it did its job, is how I feel about it. I mean, I, I hate to not talk it's, it up more than that, but... It's workmanlike. Uh, there's also that story of Frank hitting on... Samantha? Samantha. Mm -hmm. Um which doesn't go well for him. 
Yeah, that's the... <laughs> it's kind of an interesting... Some of them do it, but for Crimson Clown, there's two Midnight Society storylines happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, the that's it, though, right? The two, the brothers those, and then Frank yeah, and Samantha? Those yeah. two. But, and then you find out that Samantha's, like... Actually, uh, like, scary. Part of the Gary storyline. Yeah. Well. So it's, like, all of them kind of together. Um, you yeah. didn't really get any of anybody else, I don't think. Yeah, actually, I had written down uh, here that, you know, at the end of the episode, he got the girl, which was oh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, and, but she didn't find the poem. I mean, Tucker... Or, Tucker gave it back to him and let him burn it. or whatever. Like, Tucker uh, did the right thing, finally, in the end. He learned from Gary's telling of the story. Yeah. Which, you know, doesn't... It's okay. <laughs> the the, the Tucker-Gary thing's played out throughout the entire series. It's, I wouldn't say, overly interesting. Frank's kind of a jerk. But, um, okay, so... Uh, in... Oh, and the dumping of the water on Frank's head. You know, that yeah. was the gag, I guess. Yeah. It was... Fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for laughing in the dark, a really unusual Midnight Society segment. Yeah. Um, it's it's singular in in its purpose, which is uh, Kristen, one of the Midnight Society members. She's only around for two seasons, so if you don't remember her, you know, don't feel too bad. Uh, she's terrified of clowns, so pretty much the whole Midnight Society segment is played around this fact that she doesn't want to hear this story, and the other Midnight Society members are getting, like, some sadistic pleasure out of watching her squirm. That's all, I'm gone. What's the matter? I was just getting started. This is a clown story. I hate clowns. They're creepy. They give me nightmares. Where's my thermos? Oh, oh, I heard of that. They call it bozophobia. Guess we finally found something wrong with Miss Perfect. Um, but it's a really unusual setup because it's one of uh, it's only one of two episodes in the entire series that starts with the story rather than the Midnight Society because they they tried to play up the fact that Kristen is so terrified mm-hmm. that it cuts away from the story back to the Midnight Society. It's uh, uh, and it actually in the middle of the episode cuts back to the Midnight Society one more time, which uh, I read is the only episode to return mm-hmm. to the campfire during the episode. Um, and it's one of the only episodes in which, no, it is the only episode in which Gary adjourns, uh, rather than declares the meeting over. He, he hurriedly throws water on the fire and they're, they're out of there. But pretty much the whole, the whole segment is based around this idea that clowns are scary. (laughs) I, uh, I'm not sure that the cutting back and forth necessarily adds anything to it. Um, I, I guess I think I felt the same way, about the same about this opening as my episode actually that uh, it didn't really do that much for me. Yeah, I guess it was okay. I think I think the argument I would make here is that I'd prefer to watch a, a Midnight Society the, the Midnight Society segments. I'd rather watch just one one yarn, one <laughs> one story rather than a bunch of kind of side stories going on. I think it was I think it's more focused. I... I will uh, rebut that by saying that <laughs> I like... How dare you say I, <laughs> I like it when we get to see as many characters as possible of the Midnight Society, and they all ha- if they can all have a line, that'd yeah, be great. But you have kind of two unlikable things happening. You have Tucker being a jerk to Gary, which I'm sure pleases Chris. <laughs> but that's uh, kind of a good, good you know, and a relatable done, thing. Ben, they're done that okay. territory. <laughs> and then you got Frank trying to put the moves on Sam and she's really not feeling that. And so I just think you have two unlikable stories going on in the it's, midst of yeah, it's a, maybe the biggest defense I have of mine is that Gary was telling the story. Gary's a good um, storyteller. <laughs> uh but so is Betty Ann. Yeah. Uh she, I some some of her other credits include Betty Ann. She not only tells Laughing in the Dark, which we all know is a classic. She tells the story of the doll maker, the ghastly grinner, nightly neighbors, thirteenth floor, um, curious camera. Um, she's I a, seem she's really to remember they each have a, a theme. Like, theme. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Gary's must be like magic. Uh, yeah, he's always bringing in things from the magic shop. Talking right. about his dad's <laughs> magic shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what from hearing those. I'm not sure what Betty ends. Uh, Oddities? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Just everything else. Do- dolls, vampires. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, but either way, I think she's she tells a good story. Um, and I don't know. Overall, I just thought I liked that they tried to play with the format a little bit. 
I agree. I don't know if I loved cutting back in the middle of the episode, but um, I, I appreciate they tried something it, different. It didn't necessarily detract from it yeah. either. Yeah. So I can. I, you guys made some pretty uh, convincing <laughs> arguments there. Um, I, w- I was going to mention <laughs> real quick about, uh, you know, you mentioned Kristen was only around for a couple seasons. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, something I was surprised um, to see her is that, you know, she went on to play Sally in Flight of the Concords, which I thought was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good credit. And you know any of her other credits? Um, I'm going to the... be a little embarrassing here. Uh, she was also in 7-7. Seven, seven. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Do you, can you keep going? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think I should after that. <laughs> Those are the tops. Yeah. Yeah, she was two seasons and gone. And she only told, I think, three or four stories. But um, anyway. I'm out of here. You don't have well, to. I, I, I think that covers the... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have wasn't to... wasn't a lot to go over there. The labor um, Midnight Society yeah. segments. We're going to move on to story now. Um, I think that these... I, I was actually surprised how close these stories were when you break yeah. them apart. Um, I think that this one was pretty good as far as Are You Afraid of the Dark goes in general. Um, it made sense for the most part. I mean, except for the suspending of disbelief that this clown doll could, uh, <laughs> become alive. Yeah. Um, it all made sense. It all flowed fine. Does this mean we can go home now? Do you know what happens to bad kids? I mean, really bad kids like you. No, why don't you tell me? Whenever you get snotty with somebody, whenever you hurt someone, whenever you're selfish or insult somebody. Yeah, yeah, I better not pout, I better not shout, because Santa Claus is coming to town. Sam, whenever you're bad, that means when you steal. The Crimson Clown is watching you. Ooh. Watch out, Sam, or he'll get you. Ooh, I'm scared. Don't believe me? You'll see. Um, I th- actually, I think it was uh, structured pretty well. It started out like you right away understood what was going on, what the driving force of the story was going to be, and then it pretty quickly jumped into the scary stuff. And the second half of the episode was like all about the scary stuff, which yeah, I like. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's my <laughs> that's my take. So, for anybody out there who doesn't remember Laughing in the Dark, I decided to jot down uh, the DVD summary of the story. Mm, okay. Uh, again, these are available on DVD. Um, good quality. The only thing I would say is beware. Uh, they The DVDs, for whatever reason, changed the theme song. So, it plays that original, and then it goes into that yeah, rocking version really of like, highlights worse. from the show. It's really a poor choice. But... Um, the Z- the DVD uh, menu describes Laughing in the Dark as the spooky fun house at the amusement park is rumored to be haunted by Zebo the Clown. Twelve year old Josh declares that he will go through the house and bring out Zebo's nose as proof he completed his mission. But Josh soon discovers the truth about the mysterious Zebo, uh, and so that's a pretty good breakdown, I think. Yep. Uh, you got a kind of a cocky kid here who wants to prove he can get through the haunted house. Not only am I going to go through this whole place alone, but when I find the dummy clown, I'm going to steal his nose. And you're going to wear it to school for a week. And his friend Ouija make a bet. Um, and that bet is that he can take the nose from the clown. Uh, and if he gets the nose, Ouija has to wear it to school. Um, I, like, I like that the story is built around, first, kind of this competitive friendship but I mostly enjoy about the story is that there is a backstory to Zebo, that there's kind of layers yeah. to the story. There's something deeper than, in your case, walking into a <laughs> random gift shop and, you know, Mike making up the story. Okay, there's but there's a real story to be told about Zebo. And I don't know if you noticed, but uh, in, in the scene where they're in the bedroom, Ouija has done a ton of research. He has just piles yeah, and piles Yeah, he's been of, to the library. Of, of paper. <laughs> yeah, from 1924. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he came up with one story out of it only. I mean, yeah. What do you mean one story? I mean... The he, story is real, at least. Yeah, but it was like, he, he did all that research and came up with only the little 
bit of information about him. But that definitely trumps... I agree. I agree that that was a good part of the story. I, 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 <laughs> okay. I, All right. So, I mean, the bulk of this, of the Crimson Clown story, set up with uh, the kids needing to get the gift for their mom, and the little kid just being a total jerk. Yeah. Um, which, I guess it's not that detailed, but uh, it works. Just barely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, the... I, there's something about the the main kid making up the story of uh, the Crimson Clown and the little kid buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all you need. I mean, like as a kid, that was the. Uh, I think that's the, like the catalyst. I think the to other way scared. to spin your ar- your argument is they did the bare minimum to tell a story <laughs> that they they. I mean, really, they're very similar. It's like they're not though. I think they are. <laughs> in your in your episode in Crimson Clown, the brother out of thin air just makes up a story which gives yeah, us the rest okay, of the episode. The, like the origin of the story. Yeah, but even still, buying mom's gift and then him spending money, that doesn't have really much to do with anything except it shows you he's a bad kid and now you're gonna watch the bad kid get punished. The in Zebo He's actually walking into an already created universe that Zebo existed, you know, 80 years yeah. before he did. And now he's playing with something that other people also believe is real. Where. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I, I hear you. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> just, just real quick, guys. Did you notice the name of the video game that. I did. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was that... I was saving that juicy <laughs> yeah. tidbit for the clown segment. But... Oh jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna stop right there. Uh... No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it was uh, Zebo's big house, which I thought yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Um, which I think I, I think it was a play on Krusty's Funhouse. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you but, think so? But I didn't you know, think of that. Also, is obviously tying yeah. into the the original episode, which I thought was which great. adds a little depth to the. Crimson Clown episode. Yeah. Yeah. Calling back to an old tale. Yeah. It's the same director, so oh. uh, it makes Oh, I didn't even make sense. That. Uh and Zebo comes up and not to jump to my clown arguments, but Zebo does come up in five separate Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes oh. in some hmm. form. Very um, interesting. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that. Um I think I do agree the stories have commonalities, meaning you have a you have kind of a jerky kid. I think one much more jerky than the other, but you have a jerky kid who's kind of getting his comeuppance. And the clown is very similar. Like a ghost clown. Like yeah. A paranormal clown that you're not sure whether it's real or fake. That has followed you home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, very we'll, we'll, we'll get into that premise. more, though. We'll get into yeah. that more. Um, okay. So, I think that's, that's good it for story. story. Yeah. I'm out of here. Um, so, this is where the episodes are separated. <laughs> Um, I think the kid, I the think main that. kid. Uh, this is one of the most memorable main kids in Are You Afraid of the Dark history? Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I always, I mean, he's I've thought looking. of him multiple times. Yeah, he's, he's memorable mem- looking. His performance <laughs> is memorable. His whole, uh, like, just he's a very good bad kid. Yeah, you know, you I feel really like, hate him. <laughs> I feel like everyone's had that, you know, their little brother do that to, you know, that kind of. Yeah, but this kid's like even worse than your average kid. So this is just some things that he did that were horrible. <laughs> all right, um, first of all, he just doesn't. He has no interest in getting the birthday gift for his mom. Come on, we gotta get to the store before it closes. Go yourself. I'm watching something. Who's like a single mother, obviously. Yeah. Having a hard time, those but... overpriced porcelain figurines. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Can we can we get can we talk about those that porcelain figurine that Mike really wants? It is garbage. <laughs> He's about I to drop you fifty dollars. Can't even really on it. tell what it is. I feel like they don't really show it that so closely that I can say. There's no way anybody like on earth would want it. Uh, um, it's a mom type gift. Uh, yeah. thing you put in a, uh, what do you call it? Like a clock, like glass a, display, yeah, or yeah. yeah. But anyway, okay. all right. Um, oh, and then he runs into the lady inside the store immediately. Yeah, like, practically knocking the bags out of her hands. Doesn't uh, apologize. Or yeah, even she's walking back. out and pretty much drops the door on her. Yeah. yeah. Um, he refuses to look for the mom's. By the president. way, Kevin, he's arguing that these are all positive traits. <laughs> these are. This is just about why this kid is so great. He's such a horrible kid. All that right. give you a million reasons. All to right. Him. 
Um, Sounds like a Ferguson to me. He goes, <laughs> he, he goes to the toy store instead of looking for his mom's gift. Horrible. Yep. Well, just go next door, all right? And don't leave till I come get you. Yes, ma'am. He's thrilled when the toy store closes and he can't. And they have no chance of getting his mom's birthday gift. Yep. <laughs> um, he doesn't care that they'll be late, and then he blames it on his brother. I told you to be back at six. I'm sorry, Mom. I wanted to come home, but Mike said he wanted to see his friends, and he didn't care how late we. This Mike. kid is a total jerk. I, I couldn't agree more. It's great. You hate him. I mean, don't you? <laughs> I think just to get to my counter argument a little bit. I think the problem is you actually want to see the Crimson Clown just destroy <laughs> this kid. You're not rooting for him at all. But that's not necessarily what you want out of the episode. I mean, I love to just hate a character. You know. Yeah, but he's a very hateable character. But you really shouldn't love to hate him. Yeah. All right. I mean, right. he's more memorable, I think, than uh, the other character. Right. <laughs> Laughing right. in the dark character. Debatable, <laughs> which is what we're doing. Um, <laughs> did you have any more? Because uh, uh, his list of jerkiness goes on, I'm sure. Um, the last one that was great was him mocking his mom behind his her back. Yeah. Like, this kid, <laughs> he's just relentless. Yeah, he really is. What are you staring at, turd face? Um, okay. Well, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I just think it's what makes him not, uh, n- not quite the better main character. Uh, so, so my guy, he is—he's a jerk, admittedly. I think as much of a jerk. Not as much of a jerk, um, because I think a lot of hit what inspires his jerkiness is this adolescent friendship where they're trying to one-up each other. Yeah. One thing I remember is I really remembered hating his character, but going back now, I kind of realize Ouija agrees to everything that goes on. So Ouija makes a big deal that he doesn't want to wear the nose, but he made the deal, so it's kind of like, deal with it, kid. Um, uh, <laughs> and so, But I do think there's redeeming things about the character which I think is necessary. So yes, he has some jerky moments, and he's He's uh, not always likable, but there are those little spots where you kind of go, all right, this is not a bad guy. He gets in a tickle fight with uh, Kathy. That was just a weird moment. That, that was actually one of my favorite quotes from the episode. Yeah, exactly. I bet I know why, too. Why? I bet he likes to trap small children inside and tickle them. <laughs> tickle, tickle, tickle. Um, You know, he wants to appear to be a tough guy, but I think he's soft at heart. I think you even see that where he comes home and his parents are gone to the play and they say, oh, I bet you forgot we went to the play. And he's, oh, that's true. That's true. She leaves him instructions and he seems very obedient. He's making himself spaghetti. There's some pudding in the refrigerator. A rather large bowl of pudding. A gigantic (laughs) bowl of... Which he just sticks his disgusting fingers into (laughs) so no one else can eat it. Um... He's thoughtful. He buys he buys he buys Zebo cigars, <laughs> which I don't like know. I don't know. I don't know legally how he did that. But <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, um, so I think he strikes a little more of a balance than than your guy. I think I think he has those moments where you say, "Okay, well, he takes Zebo's nose." I'm the guy who beats Zebo. <laughs> <laughs> You can still smell your stinky cigars without your nose. <laughs> There's, a, I think, even more of a story there that this clown is coming after this kid for a reason, where your guy is a jerk, and the only reason for the clown is to punish the jerk. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, <laughs> well, what? Do, yeah, what don't you like about? I just guy? think he's a little less memorable than the crimson clown character i mean mm-hmm. just a little more typical of a character at that time mm-hmm. he's almost like a budnick clone yeah but just not quite as good yeah um i mean I think you know he was fine he did the job but i just didn't think he there was nothing that i held on to from him all right yeah i sam from crimson clown is really memorable looking for sure uh 
not only is his actions annoying, he's so annoying looking. I hate to be this mean about, you know, who at the time was a 10 year old child, but uh, he, he looked like a jerk. I think both characters definitely look. Yeah. They played the, like cruddy people. Um, which I don't, good cat, good casting. (laughs) Yeah. Either way. I just, I think there is more redeeming about my guy than yours. I agree with that in the character sense, not necessarily in how good, the character even is, yeah, like even, how much you like the character. Even when things turn out all right for Sam and Crimson Clown, he's only happy... He says, I'm okay. Everything's okay. I'm okay. I got another chance. I got it. He's only happy for himself. That he makes him even better. He doesn't care about anybody else. He, he is only happy because he is fine. Uh, One of the most hateable characters in Nickelodeon uh, history, maybe. He's he is pretty hateable, but I don't know. And my guy's hateable too, and but yeah. and I think he ends up with his tail between his legs, which is also kind of satisfying. Yeah, and he also had the whole episode was nonstop quotes from that guy. <laughs> oh, it was, there was some great stuff. Oh yeah, um, you, I mean, a phoebe. Yeah, uh, an insult, a timeless insult, <laughs> calling someone a phoebe. Right. <laughs> um, I'm out of here. Okay, so now we come to the clown. Which I think, um, cr- I like the Laughing in the Dark Clown, but mm-hmm. the Crimson Clown you get a lot more of. And I think that when he's the human version of the clown, he's maybe one of the most frightening things in any episode of the show. Uh, I'm not sure what it even is about him. Just like uh, that light coming from behind him. and. Yeah. You mean you mean when he's in the house and moving. when he's like dreaming? Yeah, yeah. yeah when he's walking around, like yeah. coming after him mm-hmm. as like a human form. Um, so I thought that was great. I thought that I mean the doll like works, you know, clown doll. It's a classic trope. Um, and when he's coming to him like under the covers, that's <laughs> <laughs> just. <laughs> A really good uh, scary moment. I think this clown is overall the scarier one. Yeah, you know, that part actually scared me quite a bit as an adult, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and his voice, of course. And the laugh. Yeah. Um, I thought those were better than the uh, Laughing in the Dark ones. Okay. You're next! <laughs> you oh, no. um, yeah, So Laughing in the Dark has Zebo. Um, as we've already mentioned, Zebo is so classic that he <laughs> once isn't enough for him. He has to appear <laughs> in many episodes, including your your very own. It's all it's almost humiliating. <laughs> That your main character is buying a video game with my clown on it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think a strength of my clown is that he has a backstory. So we know that in 1924, there was a clown that worked at the park. Uh, he likes smoking cigars. He The story is dropped a cigar and burned down the haunted house and he remains there. Possibly is um, the guy who traditionally plays uh, Dr. Vink. Um, so I like the fact that there's a story that the characters are walking into. I think that makes the clown a little more, I don't know, real. I think that a weakness of it is that the only glimpse of the clown you get is the, uh, fake clown behind the door. That's assuming you don't think, think the carny is Zebo, which, which going back and rewatching with that in mind makes him much creepier. Uh, yes. he's, he's got those like really yellow rotted teeth and uh he you know like like the clip says at the beginning of the show today uh, he's <laughs> always there he never leaves i think they did a very good job of not showing you like you i mean the cl- there's mm-hmm. no physical clown in your face coming after you right except for um, in the haunted house which are play yeah, yeah. play, crown, play um, clowns, yeah. but uh i think all, at the end of the day you just want to see it Want to see what it is. But another argument I'd make is your Crimson Clown is much more theoretical, meaning it only ever affects, really, Sam. 
Yes, however, there's weird moments in the episode that like really bring into question whether it's real or not. But like, he's but, in he's in his room in the one point, mm-hmm. and then suddenly he's under like the viewer gets to see that he's under the bed. Yes, but Mike and Mom. Never, no, they don't know. They don't know. Where, whereas in Zebo, like I said, not only are there generations of people who know Zebo, but there's confirmation that Zebo is active when they're on the telephone. I'll play it here. <laughs> One day is the best I'm gonna do. No way, Weege. You're not scaring me. Come on. Come on. Hello. Weege, this is Josh. I'm, I'm. Josh, slow down. Tell me the truth. Did you call my house before and pretend you were Zebo? <laughs> What's the matter, Josh? You sound kind of scared. I'm not. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm scared. I was scared on the ride, and I'm really scared now. Was that you? Give me a break. Why would I? What was that? Is that you, Cassie? Put down the phone. Josh, we only have one phone. It's got to be at your house. If you don't give me back, I'll come up and get it. Who was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ouija only has one line in this house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I like the fact that Zebo is not only known by a lot of people, but is recognized as actively going after the balloon coming under the door, saying "Give it back." That was an interesting um, moment. <laughs> I think "Give it, give it back" is it's like kind of a perfect clown. I'm coming back. after you. Um, and of course, Zebo has a motive, which is to get his nose back. Yes, yeah. which, uh, where Crimson Clown again is, as Sam says, is a scary version well, of Santa Claus. Yeah, nobody likes a bad kid. <laughs> nobody will help you, Sam. Nobody wants to. <laughs> help! No one will help you, Sam. <laughs> You're a bad kid. No one wants to help a bad kid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything I did. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I am. I'm sorry I stole Mike's money and ruined Mom's birthday. I'm sorry. Please give me another chance. I'll be good. Give me another chance. Um, but I think that he's just a little more terrifying. The face, the voice, the voice talking, coming after him. Um, The voice changes a lot is another thing I wrote down. So almost every scene you hear Zebo, there's a variation on his voice. I'm sorry, not Zebo, Crimson Clown. Crimson. Yeah, Yeah, it gets really high and then low, but it's either way, it's like a really uh, scary voice. Yeah. You know, Zebo scared uh, Josh so much that he he felt the need to empty his entire drawer of silverware. I mean, he just took it all out and threw it on the table. I, what did you? How do you make sense of that? I I really couldn't. Figure it out. <laughs> I was. I mean, it looked like he was just so furious that he was going to go enjoy his spaghetti dinner, and then he. I couldn't. I, I just don't know what he needed all the silverware for. I couldn't make sense of that scene. I I thought maybe I missed something, and uh, I'm happy you brought that up because. <laughs> Makes zero sense. Plot hole. Yeah, but note it. <laughs> he I mean, did. Not, he did. He brought it up. Not, not even a plot hole. I mean, it's a, well, it's, it's a, maybe he's so startled at this point that he, yeah, he can't. He's just he's frantic. <laughs> All he can do is just keep pulling that it, stuff out yeah. of the drawer. Yeah, and he's supposed to be eating spaghetti. Spaghetti ends up being cigars. Yeah. Uh, you see Zebo's footprint in the chocolate oh, pudding. Yeah. A perfectly <laughs> w- good waste of chocolate pudding. Um, it's a good thing he has that letter Z on his uh, yeah. shoes. There. So he he definitely shows up. I mean, he's you see the cigar smoke at one point behind the house. You see the bloom below the door. The footprint. The cigars. Uh, and then one of the, I thought one of the most affecting moments for Zebo was in the haunted house where. Josh is walking through, and he's kind of mocking, Zebo, Zebo. And then uh, a clown, another clown comes out and repeats what he just said. I I think that was genuinely pretty creepy. That seemed to be maybe the Vink guy. 
Um, yeah. Uh, but I didn't love that. I mean, I didn't think he was very scary in that moment. I just, I mean, it was... Mm. Well, Josh, didn't do it for me. Josh was obviously terrified. You know, I really enjoyed how he was uh, talking to himself the whole way through the, yeah. the haunted house. That was really, uh, which is know. what I think. I think that's relatable. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I think the for me the uh, cigars are the number one most memorable thing about Zebo. Yeah, but that's me. I uh, one other critique on Crimson Clown is I do think his eyes are stupid looking. Uh, oh, those kind of what? those button-looking light-up eyes—they look kind of cartoonish, but it's always yeah. like that evil grin on his face. I kind of Which felt I like, like I noticed, um, you know, the maybe not his eyes, but the uh-huh. markings, his eyebrows and stuff were uh, different from scene to scene. Like maybe his eye colors change too. Yeah, yeah. they start blue, they become like gold. Um, um, yeah, I really I do want to note though that the I really liked the Crimson Clown colors. Mm-hmm. Um. Like at the end of the episode, when you see him get that purple, take the the mom take the purple out of the box. You that was, know exactly what. That was clever. Yeah, that was clever. Sounds good. Okay. I'm out of here. So that's the clown. Cool. So now the final category, the overall scariness of the episode. All right. Um, I, I think they're both very scary. Well, I mean. <laughs> I think they're both pretty fair, scary as far as the series goes, um, but I think that the cl- that the Crimson Clown puts it over the edge for me for this for That's this episode. It's um, a great argument. <laughs> no, I mean I have specifics here. All right. um, his voice and laugh again, of course, but also um, when he's under the bed, when they show the clown under the bed, all of a sudden, yeah. I like, I like that the only the uh, audience gets to see it, so it's like you're supposed to be scared on your yeah. own or whatever. Um, and the arm reaching out of the TV is one of the best effects on the. I mean, I, you know, I know we're not talking about effects, but um, I just thought it was really effective coming after him and yeah. watching the scary movie, and like that's how you feel. When you're watching a scary movie as a kid. You know, that, that actually kind of reminded me of uh, Space Jam when uh, you know, <laughs> Michael Jordan's getting that dunk, that game-winning dunk at the end of the game. But, um, go on. Um, also, the just the idea of this like human clown... I mean, the way that they showed him coming after the kid was scary as anything, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they also added, like, uh, I noticed every time they showed him as like the human crimson clown there the camera was like uh tilted and like um vibrating mm-hmm. and it just kind of added a sense of dread to it and um the kid getting wrapped up in the uh, in the ribbon or whatever mm-hmm. um was just i think as a kid really i could really um like visualize that happening to me and i thought it was really scary and it going over his mouth especially it was just like this is a pretty fright it was like he was actually coming after him as opposed to this other clown that he was coming after he was coming after him but never like physically this clown was like couldn't be more actually touching him though i mean but it was in his head he hit maybe we don't know (laughs) for sure (laughs) i feel pretty sure I mean, this was one of the few that gets actually physical, where the villain is, like, essentially grabbing the kid and has him. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. I I do think... I think all the things you pegged as a positive for Sam, the main character, are what kind of kill the scariness, that this kid is so annoying that... You don't care I, what happens. It, and, and honestly, his acting's really bad, so I feel like it breaks up the scenes a little bit. Um, I just think there's more memorable scenes in Laughing in the Dark. I think if you ask someone which they remembered, I think Laughing in the Dark stands out because of the carni- carnival atmosphere, the haunted house. I think the haunted house itself... I think there should be credit because it actually feels like a real haunted house. You actually feel like you're walking through and it's even on TV kind of plays as creepy. I really love that room with just the doors. Um, I think it's effective. And uh, I, I like that you kind of experience the Crimson Clown in different settings, even in broad daylight, which seems 
kind of crazy where he's at Ouija's house and Ziva. Yeah, he smells the cigar smoke, and he's kind of going, and he sees it from behind yeah. the house. Yeah. Um, Zebo being on the phone really is effective. Um, and, like I said, I think he had a... Crimson Clown had a really good laugh. It was really good. You hear Zebo less. Um, but I think his catchphrase of give it back is unsettling. Wait a minute, does that only appear on the balloon? No, it's what he says on the phone, too. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, I think I think they're both really effective. Um, but even... When my episode ends, Zebo's still very real. He exists in that world. When your episode ends, Crimson Clown is, dies with that resolution. The episode makes it kind of unclear if that's true i mean what <laughs> because it only exists maybe more of a fantastical being like mm-hmm. maybe he could exist in anyone's nightmares or something yeah um but i think but his origin is so singular that that mike just made it up on the spot in the in the shop that nobody else could experience the crimson clown because it's just some random thing yeah. this kid spouted i'm not sure if that's bad but I, I, I don't think it's bad. I just I, I would I would say I would say it's a strength of Zebo that he's lasting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else? Um I guess not. I'm out of here. Well, then that means it's time uh, we've wrapped up our categories. It means it's time to hear from Kevin, uh, before you wanna say who you think uh, what what you thought was the stronger episode or debate. Any thoughts you had uh, on any of this? Well, you know, I think it's interesting as I share the results here. I think it it plays well into, um, you know, I guess kind of what I thought of the episode. So, you know, I found Laughing in the Dark to be be the most memorable as a kid. Um, You know, when I think of Are You Afraid of the Dark, that's probably one of the two episodes that really just sticks out to me. Um, What's the other one? One, you know, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the episode, but it's, uh, you know, the, the little kid that says, I'm cold. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, what's the name of that one? Uh, is that The Lonely Ghost? Maybe. All right, glad I'm not the only one. Uh, <laughs> Frozen Ghost? Right. Um, yeah, that one just kind of haunts me yeah. sometimes. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I rewatched them over the weekend, um, I found myself really enjoying The Crimson Clown. I thought that was, you know... It, I just I enjoyed it a lot more as I was watching it. I thought it was it seemed more cohesive, and um, I really liked it. Um, what's interesting is after this debate, it's kind of kind of a landslide here. Um, honestly, I, I expected it to be a lot closer. Even you know as we <laughs> as. But we, what you're saying is it wasn't. <laughs> it, it oh, was, oh, it wasn't it, close. It was it? not close. At oh, all. oh, 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 uh, sorry. You know we. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, we, we got through the first topic, and that's why I thought it was going to be close, because you both made really good arguments for the Midnight Society. Um, I ended up landing on Andrew, um, on the Crimson Clown, just because I thought I thought it was interesting. They had so much going on in the Midnight Society portion, and, oh, you know, yeah. it was it was, it was good. I liked okay. it. Um, and it had a, a good ending, that, and it all tied very well with the episode. So, Andrew, you actually won that category with the Crimson Clown. <laughs> The remaining categories <laughs> were all won by Joey. Um, just a, I mean, some of them were close, some of them not not a chance. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's talk about the clown. I mean, Joey is spot on with this. This clown is this legend. He's legendary. The backstory's good, great. I think. Um, yeah. But, uh... And you know, this kind of ties in with the scariness factor. But I think I think it's kind of. scary scarier that um you, you never saw this clown you, you know it's kind of like you have no idea what's coming for you and um and then just to hear him on the phone just really drives that home um the story yeah i mean that goes yeah. same same yeah. with the backstory i mean you're yeah yeah i mean you guys uh covered it there and then the main character um Josh was great. <laughs> um, yeah, I think all of your pros were absolutely cons. And, <laughs> and, 
and uh, Joey's right. He has more redeeming qualities. Uh, you know, I, I found myself just as puzzled as you about how, how he acquired that box of cigars. I mean, that was a new, freshly opened box. And... Um, well, Could have been his dad's, I guess. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Yeah. While I will stand behind the clown and the scariness and the main kid... Um, I think that definitely not. It was a more difficult uh, argument than I, or I'm taking this stance was more difficult than I anticipated. I, th- uh, I think it falls apart with what we uh, with an early category, which is story. I just don't think yeah. the story is strong Re- enough. Really, You're right. It's really. It's really just missing that extra little detail yeah, it's thin. in there. Yeah. yeah, that's really what won me over. I mean, when I was rewatching them, um, that part didn't really stick out to me. I wasn't really analyzing them that closely. But once we started talking about the story and you know how lacking the mm-hmm. Crimson Clown was, I mean, it was just kind of a no-brainer for me. As um, a kid, um, I was definitely terrified by laughing in the dark one of the few things weirdly like that really scared me as a kid um yeah i think it's that even even though crimson clown does it i think it's that element that zebo people believe he's real and has followed this this kid home where again we're just not sure there there is that uncertainty in crimson clown that you're just watching a scary story. yeah um and they uh, really do a good job of creating the like suspense. And yeah, he hears a noise in the closet. And yeah, and not—I mean, even not showing the clown. I do like the all those like the smoke and the balloon. Like you never—I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and the crimson clown is kind of like you know, as Joey said, the story just kind of ends there. You know, he's he's come to yeah. terms with you know what a horrible kid he was and. <laughs> Somehow that I don't think it's actually. Funny. I don't even. I don't yeah, even yeah, think no. he has. Yeah. I think. I think he's like. I think Sam has, in his head, is he's got he's gotten away he's with got another an, one. Well, right? he's, <laughs> I've beaten the crimson clown. I think he's, now let me he, go he lie just, to my mom some more and say I actually helped buy this gift. I think he may actually start acting better, but I do get the impression that it'll be more because he's afraid of this thing than because he thinks that it's actually like the right thing to do or whatever. Yeah. You know? Now, um, I did think the acting was slightly better in Crimson Clown. Um, I, I think the mom and the brother, Shopkeeper was barely in it, but I thought they were all did a fine job. Shopkeeper was fine. Brother, I think, was really good. Yeah. And we mentioned this last week. The brother is that main character from Renegade Virus. He's the kid who's oh, in he's the... Oh, the ba- he's the... Uh, he's the one in the yeah, virtual yeah, yeah. reality. Huh. Um, wow, so two like very opposite type characters. Yeah, there yeah they, they brought him back. Um, but I think, I think, uh, Vink, his real name is Aaron Tagger. I think it's one of his better, he's really unsettling. He is it. great in that. And he's only in it for a few 30 Couple seconds scenes, or a minute yeah. or something. Yeah. But, he, but he's really convincing as this kind of presence in the park. I especially love the, his last line. Like yeah. The end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most fun in the park. And you're laughing in the dark. <laughs> Delivered extremely well. With a maniacal laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else, Kevin? Um, you know, that I think that's just about it. You know, I, I really enjoyed the. Um, Kind of the paying homage to Zebo in the Crimson Clown. I thought that was yeah, great. Yeah, I like that. Too. Um, I also like that he, you know, he took his Sega Genesis game <laughs> home to play in his NES. Um, <laughs> thought that was really good. I saw a trivia fact that um, it, when they filmed it, the Nintendo symbol was on the TV screen, and they had to put a black piece of tape over mm. the TV. Well, and, and to that, I noticed something else. You know, he he actually had a Sonic the Hedgehog two poster hanging on the oh, wall, but yeah. they but they had to like fold it under in half so it didn't show the Sonic the Hedgehog part. So you just see the half of the two, and yeah. uh, you know, Doctor Robotnik in the background uh, just looming. Over. So, uh, I thought that was pretty good. Let me ask you this: Did you like the Laughing in the Dark more? After my poor argument, um, I mean, how did you did you change? 
coming into I don't, how you I don't think your it. I don't think your argument was poor. I just think Well, I thought I have to admit, like when I was going over it and facing what you were saying about the other one, I just suddenly felt the weaknesses in it. I, I was like, uh. I still think I found the Crimson Clown more enjoyable as I was watching yeah. it. But just you know, as we talked about these different categories, I mean, um, you know, laughing in the dark just kind of yeah. blows away Crimson Clown as far as yeah. story, clown, mm. and scariness. Um, you know, I did make a note about the scariness that um, you know Crimson Clown was less scary and more rewarding because, as Joey said, you know, you you just wanted to see the the clown annihilate yeah. that kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have it would have been a more satisfying end to Crimson. I think I think it would have elevated the episode if the kid got trapped kind of yeah they the should have had a down ending like yes a final there are very oh no, few arts that arcs that do that but the ones that do that i actually think benefit from the negative ending i was just watching uh the dark music which is the one where they uh get their grandpa's house and everybody in the neighborhood hated grandpa you pretty much figure out that if you play music in the basement these evil spirits come out from this closet yeah. and will suck in anybody and um, i don't remember how it ends now it pretty much ends with this kid like agreeing to keep feeding the oh. closet in the basement huh. uh it actually ends with his sister screaming at him upstairs being annoying and he kind of smiles like he's gonna feed his sister to the closet um anyway that just an example of i think there are actually quite a few now that i'm thinking about it that yeah. end down yeah um and i think it does add to the scariness of it yeah it's like... neither of our episodes yeah. do but yeah. um yeah yeah i think that would have been a, a game changer for that episode mm-hmm. i might have helped sway the decision here but, but probably not <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, well two good episodes overall yeah. though i think um even though the one even though laughing in the dark is i think the clear winner um i really enjoy them overall uh yeah and i was surprised how similar they actually were yeah and, um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah two good ones um yeah all right so uh one one person on Twitter who got in touch with us, I noticed, actually runs a blog uh, about Are You Afraid of the Dark? And so I wanted to give her a shout-out. Uh, she's on Twitter at Mora32984, but uh, her blog is uh, morasafraidofthedark.wordpress.com. And she writes, if you like Are You Afraid of the Dark, she writes really in-depth analysis of episodes. Um, they're, I really think, really thoughtful. So if you want, uh, again, that's morasafraidofthedark.wordpress.com. And I actually asked her what she preferred when it came to Laughing mm. in the Dark and Crimson Clown, and this is what she wrote. When it comes to the tale of Laughing in the Dark versus the tale of the Crimson Clown, for me, there is a clear winner. I would have to choose Laughing in the Dark. <laughs> Not just because Betty Ann is one of my favorite storytellers, mm. but the story is consistent with her style. I can also remember being terrified of it as a child. I was either seven or eight at the time. To me, nothing is scarier than a clown getting revenge and stalking his victim and, uh, and wasting a whole bowl of chocolate pudding. <laughs> However, from a viewer's standpoint, the episode brings up a lot of questions. For one, as we've mentioned, how did Josh buy cigars? Which, in retrospect, is kind of funny, considering Nickelodeon wouldn't allow us to see the fire being lit on most episodes. Uh, but had no problem showing miners that can buy cigars. <laughs> uh, there are parts of the Crimson Clown that are equally terrifying. The weird LSD-inspired dream Sam has comes to mind, and there's even a nod to Zebo in the episode. But because Zebo has become such an iconic character, and Laughing in the Dark is one of um, one episode that every almost everybody knows, I would say that it makes it the clear winner of this debate. And we couldn't agree with you more, Mora. Um... We're, we're going to keep doing some verses. We have some ideas floating around, but um, before we do verses... Um, yeah, next week we're going to do another... Episode review. Yeah. So we, we posted a poll on Twitter. <laughs> uh, people are still currently voting, and there's a tie between Doug, um, a, a Bad Trip, which is the last episode on Nickelodeon of Doug, uh, Summer Vacation Trip, and uh, tie with Hey Arnold, Vacant Lot which is a really great episode of Hey Arnold. Um, there's other, <laughs> there's two other options up, but they're, I don't think, competing. So um, next week, you'll have to tune in. We'll either be doing Doug or Hey Arnold. Probably. There's still time. Yeah. Time to turn the tide. I guess so. 
Either way, we'll do the other episodes at some point. There's right. Pete and Pete, King of the Road, and um, Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, I know. I definitely voted for that Pete and Pete episode. So. <laughs> that was nice. the one vote. All right. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter uh, at BOC Podcast, as in Big Orange Couch Podcast. Uh, shout out to a couple of people who've gotten in touch with us about maybe some future episodes we'll do uh, at as told by Hannah underscore at Scott R zero two one and at Ryan Kerr. We've gotten your uh, recommendations for future list episodes. Uh, so we'll definitely take those into consideration and also uh, thank you to another person who left, left us a review on iTunes, which you could do if you'd like uh, at Gator Hater James. Um, so uh, if you'd like to leave it a review, you can hear us on iTunes, you can hear us on uh, Podbean, and as always, it's very helpful if you just make a recommendation to a friend to check us out. Cool. And great to have Kevin here. Yeah, thank you, yeah, Kevin. It's great being here, guys. Any parting words? Um, hope to be back soon. Great. Very good. All right.